this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. I am greatly honored and privileged today to have Pastor John Wilkerson with us. Pastor Wilkerson uh, became the pastor at First Baptist Church of Hammond uh, here locally from uh, where I'm at and is my pastor. Uh, I've had the privilege uh, to have him as my pastor now for the last, uh, we came here, what, seven, seven years ago now? Yes, and uh, he uh, has an incredible responsibility. Not only is he essentially the pastor of a mega church, also uh, we uh, is the president of a college, a chancellor of a college uh, that runs about 400 students thereabouts, uh, as well as two school systems, uh, a community outreach uh, foundation as well. And uh, I think we have, uh, what, about 500 employees uh, combined ministry-wide? Yeah, maybe a little less than that. Okay. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, obviously quite a, for, for most of us as small business owners and probably for many of you listening, we're, we kind of have our small handful of employees and we may be running, you know, five to 50 employees. But I, uh, what I really want to do today and, uh, is bring Pastor Wilkerson on and talk to us a little bit about leadership and leadership principles. I think right now, uh, given this particular uh, situation that we're dealing with, uh, almost in a crisis situation, a lot of people are very fearful, and even a lot of leaders have just, have just decided to step back and stop leading. Uh, I was introduced, I think, to, to Pastor Wilkerson uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, my uh, wife, at that, uh, she had um, uh, talked me into, I was kind of one of those husbands that wasn't a real big fan of going to marriage retreats and had not been to one at First Baptist of Hammond. And uh, so my, uh, my wife had come to me and she goes, Josh, uh, and she gave the speaker's name, is speaking this year. And she knew that that was going to be the hook to get me there. And because I really liked him and, and uh, he was a funny guy, kind of a, a bombastic speaker. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so she actually talked me into going. Went up to Lombard where we where we still have the marriage retreats, and I walked into the room, and and on the bed was a card introducing the speaker, and it wasn't this guy, and uh, and I still remember to this day, I felt like I had been conned, and uh, and I, I picked up the uh, the little card, and I'm like, okay, so who is this John Wilkerson guy? Okay, and I know you had been here before. I of course I I didn't remember you taught at our school system here. And I had absolutely no idea who he was. And, and, uh, and so, to be honest with you, when I went down to that first session, I had a little bit of a bad attitude. And went down there, I walked into the room and, and sat down. And, and I tell you what, you walk into that room, and I think you, you kind of really captured us uh, probably within that first 60 seconds. You just kind of caught our heart. And, and, uh, and, and since that time, it kind of, uh, at that time, we had a different pastor at First Baptist Hammond. And, and about, a, a, I guess, a couple years later, um, you had the, uh, the opportunity, I don't know if I'd call it a privilege, uh, you, yes, you, you would say it's been it, right, <laughs> yeah. and uh, came in, and, and I think uh, for those who know Pastor Wilkerson, I think probably two, uh, two qualities uh, that we've seen in him. First is that of humility, and that very much of uh, being a servant leader, and I want to kind of talk a little bit to that uh, as, we, as we work through and as we have this conversation today, Pastor, but as someone who uh, is, is overseeing a, a ministry of, and, and of course, we over 400 employees, and, and uh, do you have kind of a, a daily routine? I think a lot of times as, as leaders, uh, it kind of really just starts uh, kind of right when we get up with a, with a morning routine and to make sure that we prepared ourselves in, in different ways. Do you have some sort of a routine that you, you operate on daily, or is it kind of one of these things that... Well, Being a Josh, pastor is kind of crisis by moment. And deal you're with probably that talking to the most uh, spontaneous, uh, fly by the seat of your britches guy you ever met. Okay. So I'm not that type A, you know, this, this is things are, 
I feel like I've always been motivated to please the Lord and to serve God's people. But I don't think I'm probably as structured as, as I probably would like to be personally or would be most beneficial to the people I serve. But, but I, I would say that uh, probably I feel, I feel like that if you will be what God wants you to be, he'll help you do what you need to do within your gift mix. Everyone, God says he gave gifts to men. Everybody is so different and God has given us gifts. Uh, my One of my gifts is probably not structure and routine. Yeah, every day is a little bit different, whether I'm going on an airplane to, to go someplace or I'm waking up in a motel some someplace and preaching at night and meeting hundreds of new people, or if it is on uh, teaching at the college or uh, working with our teachers at Hammond Baptist or going to the rescue mission as I did this morning to speak to 50 men who are homeless men that are there. Every day is a bit different. Um, I do think there's some consistencies, and one is uh, I feel like I feel like the Bible tells us without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith is the most important thing about us, and it's the most important thing about you. We can't we drive our road by faith. The guy on the right is going to stay in his lane. The guy on the left stay in their lane. We go eat meals by faith. But faith in God is what I'm saying, and faith is fostered from the Scriptures. So I think if there's any routine I have is I try. When I get up, once I can find out who I am and where I'm at, <laughs> is to focus on the Bible. What does God want me to do? Of course, my first conversation, I want to be with God. Lord, good morning. Help me. Prayer. But I don't, I don't just flop to my knees and begin praying with the Lord. I, I think I, but I, one thing I try to do is I try to focus my attention on the scriptures. Sometimes I'll open my Bible and read it. Usually I meditate on the scriptures when I go to bed at night, and then I also wake up in the morning, and I, I can put it on my phone. I can just play while I'm shaving, when I'm brushing my teeth, getting ready. I'll just play a passage of scripture maybe I'm meditating on. And I, I would say that that's probably something. And then I and then I try to find my way to a closest Dunkin' Donut if I can. I feel like that's a little routine for me. I know you're a Starbucks I guy. Am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's maybe another thing I, I do from time to time. But as a routine, that's not my strength. And I feel like I had to, I had to get, I had to get through that because you, if you listen to people talk, you know, I get up at this time every morning, and I do this and that, and I used to think I got to do that, but it's, it's, it's like putting a square peg in a round hole. What helped me a little freeing gave to me when I just realized I'm different. <laughs> I'm different, and I got to be the best I can be with the with the skill set and the way God made me and the DNA I have. And I appreciate guys who tell me, "Oh man, I do this every day. I do this every day." And that's wonderful. God bless you. Knock your knock yourself out. But I have to say, okay, Lord, I'm a little bit different here. Why are me different? Help me do things a little differently. So routine is probably not. And quite frankly, in my in my world, I think it's probably good that I'm not really that structured because in a pastor's life, especially. And even any kind of leadership, you got to be flexible, and I think that's probably played into my into my strengths. Okay, thank you. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, if you were to describe your leadership style, I know um, we were talking on the phone the other day, and uh, kind of asked you to consider doing this, and and I told you that one of the because um, I am kind of that type of a person. Mm -hmm. So if you were to to ask my wife, you were to ask Ben here, who's in the room with us. What do I eat for breakfast? I eat the same thing for breakfast every morning. Um, you know, it's a, usually I get up and it's a workout routine. And then, you know, uh, I, you know when I eat breakfast, so I get up, I eat breakfast. And usually, you know, Angel will come down and join me. And usually our Bibles are open. We'll read through our scripture reading. And then, uh, then uh, you know, then I'll go and work out and take a shower and start my day. And so, I admire people yeah, like you. Yeah, and so, um, but I, I think. I grow up, I can be like that. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that um, I think that you, you, um, that you brought up is that uh, there is not a, you know, this is what a leader looks like. Um, that really, it kind of really depends on 
uh, the position that you have to fill, the seats that you have to uh, that you have to fill, and, uh, and and the liberty the Lord's given you in certain areas to be able to do that. And I, I found that really interesting. Your response, um, but uh, one I know that being that type of a person, that when uh, when you came on as pastor, and at that point I had just uh, um, come on to the uh, as an officer as, as treasurer, and being the type of person that hears the information, make quick decisions. And uh, when I began, uh, we started working through issues when he first came here. Uh, one of the frustrations I had was that you're not a quick decision maker, at least from the way that I, that I, that I saw it. That, um, that you, um, and, I, and I didn't catch the wisdom in, in kind of that, uh, that time of being patient to let the Lord help us through uh, providing answers. But can you kind of describe you know, both your kind of your leadership style, if you were to kind of say this is, you know, if I were to kind of say this is kind of the way that I lead and the way that I make decisions as well? That's a challenging question to even self-evaluate a little bit on that, Josh. But I, I would say probably that um, I think true leadership starts with, with stewardship. And realizing that I don't belong to myself, this church does not belong to me. I try not to say my staff, <laughs> my church, my pulpit, my people. I don't say it. I, and I, if I do say it, it's, it's a slip of the tongue. Because I really, I don't want to start believing that. Because I realize that I'm on this planet just for a short time. And I need to figure out what God wants me to do. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. He wants to show himself strong. And the earth is the Lord. So it's his earth, and I am his servant. And uh, I feel like that it takes a lot of stress off when you realize that it's not your billywag. This is God. This is God's world. And I need to find out what he wants me to do while I'm in it. And a leadership, I oftentimes joke about that, you know, I'm just a turtle on a fence post. If you see a turtle on a fence post, you know one thing, someone put him there. And I really feel that God in his wisdom, and in, and I don't know his wisdom, but I would say his providence, stuck me into the opportunity to be a part of First Baptist Church of Hammond, this wonderful ministry that I love very much. I've grown to love it deeper and deeper with every day that I have the chance to be here. I admire its past, but I'm excited about its future, and I enjoy its present. But I, I would say that probably I, I, I think stewardship kind of calms down, because sometimes you don't know what the boss wants you to do right now. There's some things you, you can't wait. When you're making decisions in the foxhole, you don't need arguments. You need to pull the trigger and get, and get on it with that. And I, I want God to give me wisdom in doing that. But I think uh, you're, in the last six months, you, you, several folks have said, Pastor, your decision-making is so slow and arduous yeah. you know, right. that we're ready to move on. Because, uh, and I appreciate men like that. I think one thing about uh, help me is, Josh, if you understand that people have different gifts, and if we can assimilate our gifts with other people, we can cooperate, but we can also appreciate other people's strengths. It's helpful. And I think about a, every decision has a, has a direct consequence. I can choose what I do, but after I choose, I've really, I've really now, um, my, my decision is going to be, the consequence of that's going to work. And I want to be good for people uh, as a dad, as a husband. As a, as, a, as a pastor or a business responsibility, you've got a lot of people looking to you, and I don't want to do things that are just a, are, are slight decision. And the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask him God. And usually decisions are needed for crisis challenges. You know, the Bible says, count it all joy, and you fall into kind of different kinds of temptations or trials, and wisdom is needed. But I think as far as leadership, I, I do believe in the servant leadership. I, I don't always model it, but I want to be... Uh, out in front. I want to, I, I like the fact that God says we're laborers together with God. 
And I'd like to be able to think that people would think that work with me that I'm with Pastor on this thing. I'm not doing stuff for Pastor. I'm, I'm with him, and we're with it together. He's with me, and we're together uh, in that situation. I think the Bible says wisdom is from above. It's first, it's, it's, it's uh, peaceable, and it's gentle. It's easy to be entreated. You know, I, I always want to be someone who, who is, you can ask a question. you got an open door. you got a question. I'll do my best to answer it. And I don't want to put myself, I'm up here and you're down there and you do what I say and I make the rules and I'm, I dream the dreams, you make my dreams come true. There are elements to that. That's what a, every staff member wants to do. Everyone who answers someone wants to help their boss fulfill what God's called them to do and make the company better. And uh, God bless Egypt because of Joseph. I would like for God to bless First Baptist Church, my wife, my kids, because I was a surrendered servant, was yielded to the Lord. But I don't know, maybe that would spurn a, a specific question in particular, but that's kind of my process about that. Okay. Um, so much of leadership is effective communication. And um, you've, uh, you kind of, and, and you just mentioned talking about being transparent, having an open door policy, and uh, something that uh, isn't always the case. So, you know, sometimes when people, when they think they're leaders, uh, that they come through, and, you know, uh, I make the decisions, you follow me, don't ask questions, that type of thing. I understand there are times where maybe that's necessary, sure. uh, but that is, that is not who you are and mm-hmm. the uh, kind of the, the core of your, of your leadership style. Um, but you mentioned tra- uh, transparency, you also mentioned communication. Uh, so on, you know, as you, you go through and you lead, and of course, this, the, uh, in, in, in some ways, it's almost a worldwide ministry. Um, we, uh, the mission board that the, uh, that the, that the church owns has a, uh, you know, hundreds of missionaries, families, 120 yeah. families across the world. And uh, so you, you are in many ways pastor to them, uh, as well as uh, a pastor to thousands that are in our congregation. Uh, and then you also have this team that you have to lead that you work with day in and day out, and whether it's at the Hammond campus, the Crown Point campus, uh, wherever, wherever they may be. Um, what, uh, what is your process in regards to effective communication? And because uh, it's amazing to me that, you know, usually when I, I text you that, you know, because there was a time I would never expect a response, not from you, but, in, mm-hmm. you know, from, from other leaders. And, um, you know, if you got a response, it was a big deal. And from you getting a response, it's still a big deal. But it's, uh, it's something that is, uh, it's, it's a, you know, in, in some ways I'm just amazed. I know sometimes here, you know, I have, you know, with the, the number of clients I have and the text messages I get, and sometimes it's the end of the day before I get back to a text message or, and, and I'm not always able to effective, effectively communicate. But somehow you've managed to master that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, how do you go about as far as uh, making sure that you're communicating effectively, not just with your team, but also with those that you have the, uh, the responsibility of ministering? Well, I think a couple of things come to mind. First of all, everyone needs to have a philosophy of business or a philosophy of ministry. What, what is it? And, and make sure it's biblical. This is my opinion. Of course, you're speaking to a pastor today. But I, I think, okay, what is my philosophy of ministry? Number two, um, I want to. I want to make sure that that people are second to that. You know, I want to be. I want to have a good. I want to have a good. God values people more than anything, and so these are things that I have to work on because I'm naturally selfish by nature. But I think learning to respond to people tells them you love them. When you learn their name, it tells them you love them. When you, you matter to me, and and of course I'm in. I'm in the opportunity. If people don't trust you, they don't trust what you tell them. And I don't want to do it so they'll get to trust me. I want to do it because I love them and care about them. But natural care for people. I think Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.5, he said, the end of the commandment, when it's all said and done, the reason I gave you this responsibility and your, 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 your responsibility is to have charity out of a pure heart, 
a clean conscience, and a faith that is unfeigned or it's real, it's genuine. And I, I go back a little bit to this, to a little bit about if I'll be what God wants me to be, then I can do what I need to do. And of course, a lot of people look to you, Josh, you're, you've got such acumen and, and such wisdom and, and you're hard work and you're up early, you're late at night, you're doing things. And, but a lot of people are blessed by what you do and what you tell them. And if you're a, if you're a leader in your company or whatever you do, uh, people rest upon your, your, uh, your willingness to work with them. But obviously communication is a big deal. Even our commission with, or with God, our relationship with God is based on communication. It is find out what he wants us to do and communicating back with him. And so people matter. I think that being accessible is important. You know, I think years ago there was a little philosophy out there that you just got to be mystique and you got to make sure that you're here, they're here, and to them and us a little bit. And I think that's a mystique mistake. I don't think that's uh, I find the people I, 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 I trust the most are people that are most open to me, and I feel like they got my, my interest in mind. And so I think being accessible is important. I think uh, easy to be entreated, have an open-door policy. Um, I, th- I, w- I would say there's three things that, that, that should continually think about this. Number one is humility. You know, humility is what attracts God's attention. He says, I give grace unto the humble. I resist the proud. And pride hides and it causes problems. So I think if a, if a leader, if we can focus on humility, and, you know, humility is not like I'm an idiot, I'm a piece of trash. It is more just seeing myself the way God sees me and it's not making how I feel, what I think, and what I want a focus. It's going to be what is best for God, what, what's he, how does he feel about this, and for the people themselves. I didn't, again, go back to that situation, a philosophy of ministry, people, a program, and then property. Those are my four, my, when I think about a decision, I think, okay, What's the, what does God want me to know there? What does God want me to do? What's my philosophy? What's the biblical philosophy? What would Jesus do if you were sitting in my seat in this decision? Number two, and that may, may take me a long time why I have to make a decision because I can't figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Number two, how is it going to affect people? You know, what, what will it benefit them? Will it help them? Is it something they like or don't like? It's always not really my, my factor. It's like what is best for them? Like, I don't, my kids don't like green beans, but I ask them to eat healthy. I want them to, I want them to do this. Sometimes I know people are not going to like something, but I, it's going to be good for God, and it'll be ultimately good for them. And then, what, what's the program that I can put together to help the people, to serve biblical philosophy, and then, of course, for facilities, property, and all that stuff kind of falls into that situation. But if I can go back to that, other thought is, if I can be humble, I'll attract God's grace. And God's grace is a supernatural help on my life. Number two, another factor is honesty. Honesty is what, it, what, it, what gives confidence of other people in me. If I lie, God knows I lie, but you may not know I lie. But if you catch me in a lie, what happens to my, my reputation with you? It, it dwindles, yeah. So really, humility attracts my attention from God. Honesty attracts my, my confidence in others that I can help them. And people don't, if they, people catch me in a lie, they find me being deceitful, exaggerating, going through through things that, that hurt them, and, and I lose integrity with them, I'm also going to lose opportunity to, to help them. And then I think the third area is holiness. And holiness is a, is a couple of factors, but one of that is, um, I know I'm getting a little bit sidetracked off the communication part, but I think holiness means I belong to God. You know, the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. It belongs to Him. We have a holy Bible, right, because it's God's Bible. When I know whose I am and who I serve, then I'm much better. But communicating with people, I think you have to communicate with leaders. 
I think you can manage by walking around. You probably have heard that that term. Uh, sometimes it's easier for me to call someone, talk on the phone, but sometimes it's good for me to go to their office and just stand in their office and talk to them. Or it could be a janitor, you know. I, I can sometimes just talk with them and visit with them. They have needs. And I think if you can be accessible, you can be open. Most of us appreciate people that are just genuine and sometimes praying with people, uh, helping them that way. And then you've got to communicate with leaders. And I think we mentioned this off, off the air a while ago, but we just need to keep keep people communicated with. You know, I think in this COVID, crisis, COVID crisis that we went through recently, I tried to elevate our communication with people. Just keep talking. Just keep talking because people need to listen. And faith cometh by hearing, but you hear the wrong kind of things, you know. Some of the problems with our people is they've spent too much time on the newscast, too much time on the on the feed. They're hearing the wrong thing rather than let's trust God, let's, let's keep working hard, let's continue what we're supposed to do. So I do think communication is big, and, of course, I'm... I'm I talk for a living, but I but uh, sometimes I don't know exactly. And in most of the words you can want send, you can do things that are wrong. But I think communication is a very viable part of leadership. Kind of uh, leading up, I'm just going to do one final question, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, it's going to talk about core values, but I think you kind of gave us for yourself what those core values are. You mentioned honesty, you mentioned humility, and you mentioned holiness. And um, and I think. Probably for most business owners out there, most individuals out there have heard a talk about having core values and kind of uh, every decision that you make kind of filters through those core values, uh, whether it's in your home life, uh, leading a family, uh, and, or if it's leading a business, uh, that uh, essentially we use those core values to, uh, to make our decisions. And I can't think of three better uh, core values than, uh, than those three. Lastly, and it's, uh, it's, it's another area that I, find, I found interesting, and I'm uh, trying to learn you a little bit as, uh, as, a, as, as my pastor and, and try to be a, a servant to you in the, in the position uh, currently the Lord has allowed for me to have, is, uh, is establishing goals and a vision. Uh, there is a lot of talk out there as far as you need to have quarterly goals, you need to have, the, you know, you need to have a vision, uh, these types of things. Uh, and um, uh, and for, for, for you and for yourself, how do you go about doing that, uh, both maybe within the household uh, and then also uh, ministry-wide as far as establishing the goals? Because with, without a vision, people perish. Uh, keeping uh, whatever that vision is in front of the people, communicating it. But can you kind of uh, help us understand a little bit as far as how do you go about establishing goals, uh, establishing a vision, uh, and uh, what does that look like? Uh, for you? Well, I think I think uh, one of my philosophies of life is if I'll be what I'm supposed to be, I will end up doing what I need to do. That is not to put a nix on goals because I think uh, I think that's very, very, the most effective people in our world are goal-oriented, setting people and they do things. And, and if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. So we understand that that's the case. I think, uh, I think a vision, though, is birthed out of a really uh, getting a vision of God and spending time alone with the Lord. I find the best days of my life are days I've been close to the Lord. And the most regrettable days are the days that I, I can read my Bible and not be close to the Lord. We can pray and do our, our devotions and not really be close to the Lord. But when I'm close to the Lord and I feel like His Spirit is helping me, I, I don't know, you know, in my world, of course, uh, I think about the, the Pentecost. I don't think anyone said, okay, our goal today is 3,000 people saved and baptized. This is what we're going to try to hit for. They might have done that, but I don't think so. I think it was an outbreak of them doing 
the basics, the mundane, the obedience, what they needed to do. They just, they, they, they let the Holy Spirit of God control them. They probably did not plan for that to all happen just like it did, but God blessed it. But I do think that you get clarity whenever you spend time with the Lord, when you're right with God. You know, the Bible said, that the, the two reasons I gave you the Bible, if you, want, if you want to cut the chase, it is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbors yourself. Nothing skews my vision to, to be able to see things clearly like a bad relationship with God or a broken relationship with another person. Uh, interpersonal relationships definitely skew your way of looking at things. Uh, some people, they can't even close their eyes at night without thinking of that person that's, that's ticking them off or frustrating them or things of that nature. And what it does, it eats up your ability to see things as they are. So I think spending time with the Lord is important with that. I think, too, consulting other people. I got to operate in my gifts, but I got to find other people. There's some folks, you know, you and I may know of Keith Cowling, and he is as structured as any human being can be, in my opinion. He's very disciplined, very structured, and very goal-oriented. There's things he want to do. I just I just left a young man. He's in his um, mid-20s. He's doing well in his in his business. But man, is he he's thinking far down the road, where I'm just happy to get through today <laughs> to some extent. But I, I love the fact that he's on And I've tried to... Um, I've prayed about it. I haven't really hired to my weaknesses, but I. But usually when I find somebody that I feel like I say, God, you got to give me somebody that's got a strength where I have a weakness. Because I'm a little bit more of a maintainer, a little bit more of taking care of what's in front of me today than I am a great visionary. But it's wonderful to have men around you that can, can see past today and are saying, hey, Pastor, uh, I've got some guys that got, I got some text messages earlier today and I'm thinking, what about this? When this happens, this happens, that. And I said, well, that's a good thought. I'm glad you're thinking about that because I wasn't thinking about that. But, I, but at the same time, the Bible says sufficient to the days of evil thereof. Take no thought of tomorrow. Not saying you can't forget it, but I will say this. You, you never know what's going to happen in the future. But I think a goal and, and purposes, if we can be committed to God, to God and his purposes, I think a lot of things would unravel to a place. I say unravel, that's not a good word, but would, would come to, to, into um, uh, organization that God would make us do what we ought to do how we ought to do it, where we should be doing it. And there's a lot of things we can take out of all the guesswork because he's in charge of it. However, with, with that in mind, I do believe that it takes thought. It takes, it takes a, clear, a clear conscience and a, a right relationship with God and others. You know, if you're, if you, you know, usually I think a vision is birthed out of prayer and passion. Those are two things that prayer brings me. It gives me a vision and it gives me passion. If I'm wrong with my wife, if I don't have a relationship with my wife, my prayers are hindered and I'm going to, I'm, my vision is going to be skewed. Uh, it's going to be a lot, a lot of challenges there. But I think a, a time alone with the Lord. And then I think also, I think that gathering other good people around you that can see a little farther than you can see is a, probably a positive thing for me. Awesome. Yeah, so you kind of gave us a process, I think, from what you just uh, spoke to there as far as on how to... Uh, to get the direction that you need as far as uh, where you should be moving on a day-by-day basis and going forward as well. Uh, before we wrap this up, uh, I don't know if you want to let people know how they can get in touch with you, not a cell phone number, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously I mean, they can go to our uh, to the church website. Sure. Um, other places, if you want to give them as far as uh, watching the Grace to Grow program, for example, if you Good. want to share any of that with the, sure. uh, with the audience today. Josh, thank you very much. And friends, thank you for allowing me to share these moments with you. And I know you're very busy people, and yet I, I admire the fact that you're trying to learn. You're trying to grow, and podcasts are a great source of doing that. And I appreciate you letting me come and be an extension of your... Your, uh, 
of your network here. Uh, but I'll be glad to visit with you. I don't mind giving my cell phone out. I don't mind giving out my, my uh, email. But uh, you can just contact me at pastor at fbchammond.com. That pastor at the fbchammond.com. That's our web address. But you just put um, uh, pastor in front of it. I'll get that. It comes right to my, my phone or to my uh, my computer. I would be glad to respond with you or to visit with you. I certainly want the Lord to help you. And I think, especially if you're a child of God, you certainly want uh, God to touch your life so you can touch others. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Wonderful. And uh, we have uh, church services at First Baptist of Hammond. Yeah, uh, this 10 coming. 1045. And you can watch it on live stream, Facebook, uh, YouTube, or you can go to fbchammond.com. Uh, 10.45 Sunday morning, 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. And then kind of during this time, which is really nice, uh, um, you're having your Grace to Grow kind of an evening program as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also hear Pastor Wilkerson every day, every morning at 7.30. It's a good way to start your day on WRTW, the key FM. And uh, probably a basic Google search will probably uh, get you a lot of content that Pastor Wilkerson puts out. I appreciate you taking a few moments today. Hopefully this brought you value. If it did, I encourage you to subscribe to the Belk on Business podcast. Once again, this is Josh Belk. Have a wonderful day.